The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Dejan Brissett, the Mississauga, Ontario native, joins the Three Down podcast. Dejan, man, thanks for taking some time out and joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to reach out to me. So where do we find you right now? Right now, I'm currently in uh, Pickering, Ontario. I'm home. been home for the past month. So are you originally from Mississauga? Did you grow up in Pickering, or how did you end up there? Yeah, so uh, I, I was born in Etobicoke. And um, for the earlier years of my life, we lived in uh, Jane and Finch. And then we moved out to Mississauga um, for middle school. And then when I went away to high school, that's when uh, my mom moved out to Pickering and my dad's in Toronto. So we've just been all over the place. All right. And you moved there with your brother, O'Shea, and I believe you have a sister as well, right? Yeah, Danique Brissett and my brother and and, and myself and my mom moved out here. And were you guys always an athletic family growing up? Yes, our lives revolved around sports. We, we did every sport. We played soccer in house league. Um, I played volleyball in middle school, ran track. But basketball was the, main, was the main sport that my brother and I did growing up. Did you guys play on the same team a lot? Uh, no, I'm a couple years older than him. But uh, we played in the same organization, just different age groups. Mississauga Monarchs. Uh, he played for Vaughn at one point. Um, but yeah, we were, we were different age groups, but same organizations. And then you ended up sticking with football. So did your brother O'Shea ever play any football with you or was he always basketball and you were football? Um, he, he did not touch a football ever. Um, it was, it was mostly basketball for both of us the entire time. It wasn't until I got to high school, uh, that, that I kind of veered off towards football, um, but yeah, he, he did basketball the whole time. He played a little soccer, but he was mostly a basketball player, and I'm the one that kind of did various sports. How did you get into football? Um, it all started 
So I, I played I played receiver for my high school Loyola, um, the Loyola Warriors in Mississauga. I played I played receiver there just because you know somebody told me to come try out and I did, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of I was scoring touchdowns though I knew that, um, and then the next year for Loyola I played quarterback, probably threw one touchdown pass the entire season, um, and then. One of my friends, he uh, encouraged me to try out for the Mississauga Warriors, the OVFL team. Mm-hmm. And I played safety for for them. Again, didn't know what I was doing, but I was still, you know, picking the ball off and making plays. And then I went to Lake Forest Academy in Illinois, and that's when football started to pick up. My head coach, um, Robin Belkett, he showed me, you know, the ropes of football, and I started getting D1 offers. And that's kind of really how I started to take it seriously. And that's when I really picked up when the offers started coming in. What led to you going to Lake Forest, or how did you end up there? Um, so it was, there's a Canadian, uh, I, I don't even know what to call him, but he, he knows a lot of the U.S. coaches, and he was able to collect, connect me with the head coach at the time, of Lake Forest Academy, um, the, the Canadian guy, is, his name is Justin Dillon, and he knows a lot of he knows a lot of the coaches, and so I guess he saw me playing, and thought it would be a good fit for me to play at you know a prep school in the states, and he reached out to that coach, and we were kind of connected like that. A recruiter of sorts. I guess you can say that, yeah. And was the idea when you went there that you would be specializing in football as well as academics? No, the the I, my focus was basketball, um, but it was it was an under it was an understanding that I would have to play uh, football as well if I wanted to go there. So it was just kind of something. It was like a vehicle, you know. Football was like secondary to basketball in my head, at least at the time. So you literally hadn't played football at the high school level until you got to Lake Forest. I played I played at Loyola. Oh um, right. Yeah, I played at Loyola for the first two seasons, um, but I didn't play. I didn't play it seriously like until probably my junior or senior year at Lake Forest. Because even after after bas- after football practice at Lake Forest, I would go into the gym and work on my basketball skills. Like that's how focused I was on basketball. I didn't really care for football much at all. What position did you play in basketball coming up? Uh, I played a little point guard. I played the two guard. Um, mostly the two or the three in high school. That's a shooter. Yeah, I had I had a jumper. I had a jumper. It's on YouTube. You can go look it up. And I, I was, you know, dunking on people and making highlights and doing it all. So then you were obviously successful on the basketball court in that way and getting noticed. What led to you shifting to football as your focus? It was really, it was really the offers. So all of my offers for basketball were, you know, D two, D three offers, uh, which was cool. But my offers for football were all D one. So, you know, it kind of, you know, my attention was kind of dragged over to football once I saw that D one attention, and I decided to do that because I'd, I'd rather play D one sport um, than D two or D three sport. What schools offered you from a football perspective, and how did you end up choosing going to Richmond? Um, there were probably eight D1 AA offers, Richmond being one of them, obviously, University of New Hampshire, 
University of North Dakota, um, Bucknell, um, Lafayette, um, Butler, I think, Bryant University, and uh, I don't. And there was some interest from a bunch of other schools, but it ultimately came down to the University of Richmond and the University of New Hampshire. Those are my last two. Um, and the prestige, the prestige and the academic prestige of Richmond kind of won me over because I was in love with New Hampshire. I was about to commit there, but um, I kind of thought about, you know, life after football. And I, f- I felt like University of Richmond with their business program would set me up for where I wanted to be. And I, I ended up majoring in business. I was in the B school at Richmond and, you know, it was it was a good it was a good choice at the end of the day. What was that jump like for you going from playing football in Canada, then at Lake Forest, and now you're on campus at Richmond? Everything happened so quickly. Um, and I would say the biggest thing was just the speed of the game. It's so different in high school when you're more athletic than everybody. Um, well, when I got to college, I, I was one of the smallest guys uh, weight-wise, and, and everyone was faster, stronger than me. So it was just trying to adapt to that and, and the knowledge of the game. At the college level, you know, the amount of film we watched and your IQ has to be at a certain level. So I would just say overall speed and and just the whole knowledge of the game was the biggest difference um, once I started college. You picked it up fairly quickly at Richmond and were putting up some numbers. Did that sort of come naturally to you? Uh, part of it. Part of it did. I was naturally you know, able to run routes. It obviously took a lot of work and I put a lot of work in, but it, it kind of just went from zero to a hundred. I didn't really play at all my freshman year. And then one game they put me in and my first catch was a touchdown. So that, that was kind of the expectation for me, you know, after that, it didn't really work out that I didn't really play much after that my freshman year. But in my mind, after that play, I knew that you know, I was I was able to do something with football, so you know, it just kind of I just kind of jumped into it. So you're supposed to catch a touchdown on every reception? Is that what they thought? <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's what I was hoping for. What was that moment like for you? The first time that you get in, you catch a touchdown. Did you feel like it was a level that you could dominate at? Yeah, I felt like I was on top of the world because that whole week in practice, I was actually playing safety because the DBs, the DBs at the time were all getting hurt one after the other. And my head coach, Danny Rocco, at the time, he was like, uh, Brissette, we're going to put you at, at safety, uh, you know, indefinitely almost. And so I was playing, I was playing safety and then one of our receivers got hurt. And the Friday before the game, he, uh, before our walkthrough, he came up to me and he said, all right, I'm putting you in that receiver and you're going to play. And so I was like, uh, okay, cool. I know, the, I know the playbook. It's all right. The actual play that it was, I was on the left side and Kyle uh, Valletta was our quarterback at the time and he was rolling out to the right. So, you know, I was the last, I was the last read. I was the last option. But he rolled out to the right and I got into his line of vision and he threw it to me and I caught it. And it was just like, wow, like, okay, I can do this, you know. I can I can make something happen with football. So it, I felt like I was on top of the world at the time. <laughs> and two se- two thousand seventeen, excuse me, at Richmond was your most productive season there with the Spiders. What led to you being able to put up the numbers you did that year? 
was just it was a combination of things. I think the work that I put in over the summer, I was always with, you know, the older guys as a freshman as a, and a sophomore, and then I just kept working out and stayed prepared. And then Kyle, um, Kyle was just amazing that year. Like me and him and and two other receivers were just in rhythm. Every game we we all had, you know, for for a few games, me and another receiver were back and forth number one and number two in receiving yards in the nation of, of FCS. So it was just like Kyle, our offensive coordinator, our, our plays. You know, it was uh, just a combination of things that led to that. And did you end up finishing on top? I didn't. I didn't actually. Um, I I only ended up playing. I missed the last few games of the season because of my shoulder, um, but I was uh, I was up there. I think I was the I was first team all conference that year, and then preseason all American for the next year. So I, def- I definitely stood out. Some nice honors there for sure. Yeah, it was cool. And fast forward a little bit, take us through if you can the process of being a graduate transfer and then ultimately landing at the University of Virginia. Yeah. So. Um, my third year at Richmond, uh, no, my fourth year at Richmond, but the third game of the season of my senior year, I I rolled my ankle really bad and got an MRI, which revealed a, uh, a fifth metatarsal Jones fracture in my foot. Um, so because it was the third game of the year, that allowed me to get an, a redshirt year, an extra year of eligibility. So I took that, and then the transfer portal thing opened up. And my whole thought process was if I can have half the production I did at Richmond at a Power 5 school, then I would, then I would increase my draft stock. So got in the portal, shopped around a little bit, and ultimately ended up going with Virginia. Um, and then when I got there, it was kind of an uphill battle because my foot was still lingering. I had to take the screw out, and it was a whole other recovery process. And it just didn't... Uh, it didn't go as planned. And so the team was doing really well, and it was just kind of hard for me once I got healthy to find my way in. But uh, it was a good experience overall, just not quite how I wanted to go for myself. Did you almost end up going somewhere else other than UVA when you were in the portal? Oh, yeah. I, I was originally committed. I committed to Illinois um, in, the, in the Big Ten, and I was really close to going to Cincinnati. Um, but I, the, the quarterback situation is what, is what made me switch and go to UVA. Uh, and then it was just really the sort of setbacks with the ankles that held you back more than anything. It sounds like. Yeah, it was just, it was just poor timing. I mean, UVA started their season four and oh that year and, you know, they were just on a roll and, and the guys who were in were playing really well. It was, it was just, it was just. Poor timing for a grad transfer that year. What was it like to go to, like you said, a Power 5 school and attend and play in some of those games at massive stadiums with those crazy atmospheres that we all see on TV in the NCAA? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, you know, our our stadium in Charlottesville, Scott Stadium, was, you know, that was a cool experience for me because they had 60,000 fans every game, uh, about every game. And, you know, when we beat FSU and we beat Virginia Tech, the fans stormed the field, you know, all ages, young young people, older people were just so excited. And when 
our bus would pull up, they would be cheering us on, and it was it was just crazy. We played at Notre Dame, and that was a cool experience. We played UNC in a night game, and the stands were just packed out. Like people were going crazy. It's exactly it's exactly what you see on TV. It was it was kind of it was kind of cool to see all that. And you played in the ACC championship game against Clemson. Did yeah. that just take everything to a whole nother level? I mean, yeah, it was it was crazy because we played in the Panthers Stadium. Uh, I think it's Bank of America, and you know, to see we packed we packed that stadium, we packed the NFL stadium out for a college game, and it was just all the you know it was it was just crazy to see. It was, was a fun experience. What was it like as a player being on the field in that type of atmosphere? Can you even hear yourself think, or can you hear your quarterback when you're down there? Uh, well, we we do everything by signals, so it was it was a little easier to operate in that sense. But as crazy as it might sound, you don't really you don't really pay attention to all the noise and all the fans when you're on the field. You just kind of focus on the ball, and that's it. Locked in. Yeah, you got to be, or else you'll jump off sides. <laughs> <laughs> and right now you've been locked into the draft process on both sides of the border. You were scheduled to have a pro day at UVA, but obviously that didn't happen because of the coronavirus pandemic. Have you been finding ways to get creative and get some concrete numbers and film out to the pro teams? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm trying to... Uh... I think I have I have a mock pro day scheduled to record as soon as it gets nice out. Um, but it's hard, man. Everything is everything is barricaded, blocked off, and being patrolled right now. So I gotta you know hop the occasional fence and find a field to do some work on. I, I don't know if I should say that, but <laughs> but I've been through that, and you know anything I can do in my in my house, crunches, push ups, anything I can do, I've been doing it. So are you fully healthy now from the ankle issues? One hundred percent. I'm. Uh, I feel. I feel amazing. I. I can't even tell that I had surgery on my foot. I'm. I'm more. I'm strong and as fast as I've ever been, if not, not more. Um, and I actually posted. I posted a video on my Twitter of, of all the practice stuff I did post surgery at UVA, and you know I feel like I was running around pretty well. So if anyone's questioning my health, they can go look at that and the uh, the mock pro day that I'll be putting out soon. Video proof right in front of people, man. We'll get it out there too. Yes, sir. Please do. And overall, the CFL Combine ended up being postponed or canceled, I should actually say, because of the coronavirus as well. Was that an event that you were looking at going or were you more focused on your UVA pro day? Uh, I was definitely going to be at the National Combine, the CFL Combine. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I would have done the drill, the field work. But I was definitely going to be there to, you know, do exactly what we're doing now, ask any, answer any questions and, you know, get my measurements. But the pro day was my main focus because of training. Like I wanted to peak in time for pro day rather than trying to peak twice for two, for two events of the same thing. What's it been like for the pro day being canceled in the combine in terms of interviews? Have you been talking to NFL teams and CFL teams on the phone or Zoom or Skype or anything like that? All of the above. Um, I've done I've done a number of Zoom interviews. I've done Skype, which was interesting because I hadn't been on Skype in years. <laughs> but but it was cool. I, I, I've done I've done a bunch of uh, Zoom calls. It's been it's been fine. Are there any differences from what NFL teams are asking you compared to CFL teams? 
it's around well i've done like questionnaires and stuff like that and those those are the same but for the for the phone calls they've been mostly cfl teams and they're all all asking the same the same questions are there any questions that have come as a curveball to you that maybe threw you off a little bit oh yeah <laughs> there was uh there was one question i'm not gonna say who asked it but it was interesting they're like um describe the worst player on your team <laughs> I, just, I was like whoa i've never been asked that before it was interesting i think i handled it well um but yeah that was definitely the one that stood out to me did you get asked maybe who was the best player on your team or who the toughest player to compete that you've ever gone against was yeah i've i've, I've had that um on the not just on the team but you know playing in general who's been the best guy i've gone against and who would that have been i would say the best well the best corner i know or the best defensive guy i've gone against is is uh bryce hall he uh he he'll probably be a first or second round guy in the nfl he was our corner he got hurt but he was just very patient at the line of scrimmage um other teams i would say clemson had some pretty good dbs and and uh, ODU had some really good DPs too, but I, I couldn't name them by their name. What was it like going against Hall in practice? Did that help you improve? Oh, 100%. Competition was at a very high level at UVA. And, I, and that, you know, nobody really got to see my production or how better I've gotten, but I've, I've gotten a lot better just going against guys like, like Bryce Hall, um, and just being at UVA's practices, they were so competitive, and I knew going against him that I'd have to bring my A game every time because he wasn't going for, you know, the basic stuff. You really had to work against him. And that would be good film to put out too, just practice film of you one-on-one -on -one against Hall. Yeah, there, yeah, there's, I think, one or one or two clips in the thing I posted on Twitter of that. Um, you know, all the guys on that defense, man, my hat goes off to them. They really made me better. Whether they know it or not, going against them has made me, you know, an amazing an amazing receiver. Just all the things I've learned in practice alone. Do you have a specific focus one way or the other, NFL, CFL, of where you'd like to be next? Um, right now, just any any opportunity I can get, you know, I, you know, talking to people close to me, I know there's a lot of uh, things stacked up against me with no production my senior year and, and an injury, you know, it kind of, you know, that kind of sets me back. So right now I'm just kind of hoping for, you know, for anything. Obviously everyone's goal is to be in the NFL and that would be amazing. And that's, that's kind of, you know, what everyone wants, but I'm open to playing anywhere. I, just as long as I get to play at the next level. Mm. Do you have a sense, talking to scouts on either side of the border, you know, where you could potentially end up when the process plays out? Uh, I have no idea. I have no – like, the amount of things that are up in the air right now, man, is 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 crazy. With this whole virus, there's just no telling. Mm -hmm. Are there any players that you played with collegiately or even going back to your days in high school in Canada that are either in the CFL or the NFL right now? Uh, yeah, I know a number of guys in, in both leagues. My quarterback of my junior year, that 2017 year you were talking about, he's currently with the Eagles. Um, one of the old linemen from that year is with the Packers. Uh, there was a safety who was just with Detroit. He's with Ottawa now. 
the receiver actually that I was talking about that me and him were tied for first in receiving yards in the nation. Uh, he was with Tampa Bay, but now he's with Ottawa as well. Um, so yeah, there's a handful of guys that I played with who are in both leagues. Are they giving you any advice as to what to expect at the next level? Yeah, I ask a ton of questions and you know, they, they give me some good advice just, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, off the field things like how to be present in meetings, how to answer questions in meetings, how to ask questions in meetings, because those things stand out just as much as, you know, making big plays in practice. So I'm getting some good advice all over. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of people tune in and are going to be curious about your relationship with your brother and what's that like. Would it be ideal for you to potentially play for the Toronto Argos and you guys be playing pro in the same city? That would be that would be an amazing story for sure. Um, you know, I would love for that to happen if if that were the case. Um, but yeah, that that would be that'd be crazy. I'd go to his games. He would come to mine, which hasn't happened. I think the only game he ever saw me play was against Colgate in uh, in 2017. So it, it'd be cool to be to play in front of him. Has O'Shea given you any advice about what it's like to be a pro, considering he's playing for the Toronto Raptors? Uh, I mean, no. He tells me how nice it is. Um, you know, how nice it is to live on his own and you know to be independent. But you know, I haven't really got gotten any advice from him per se. What was it like to watch his NCAA career at Syracuse and end up with the Toronto Raptors? I'm guessing that would be a team that you guys rooted for when you were both kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, because he went to Syracuse and that's, that's not too far from here. That's about a five hour drive. So I, I went to a lot of his games when I was home and then, you know, it was kind of hard to see him not get drafted, but he ended up with the Clippers for summer league. And then to get signed by the Raptors was huge. And then to go to the games, you know, and hear his name being called out and, he had like 12.6 rebounds against the Trailblazers, you know, playing real minutes, even as a two-way guy. And that was just, you know, it, it was just surreal. I still, even now, it's it's crazy to think about and to see him on, you know, Raptors, on Instagram and, and on Twitter making plays. It's it, it's crazy. What was your favorite Raptors memory of a kid that you can remember with your brother when you guys were watching the team? Um... I would I would say just you know me him my dad we would we went to we went to one I forgot who they were playing or or just like what was going on but we were sitting real high up in the stadium in the in the arena but it was still so exciting just to be at a Raptors game and I would say just thinking back on that versus now just the whole the whole thought of the fact that we were there before as fans as kids now or I'm watching him play in the game it's, it's just crazy favorite Raptors player of all time oh man you can't say your brother <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my answer um, Vince Carter was really was really exciting I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go I'm gonna have to go with that did the two of you try to do Vince Sanity's dunks from the dunk contest in the driveway <laughs> we definitely we definitely tried to do a whole lot of things that you know, that we saw, but definitely, yeah, for sure. Who didn't? True, man. It sounds like you were a pretty good dunker, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's a better dunker, you or O'Shea? Oh, man. 
Shea is. Actually, I would say he's always been. I don't really have that much of a dunk package. I'd say the windmill is is all I can do. I might be able to get a 360 every now, every now and then, but he's doing all types of through the legs, crazy stuff that I can't do. Although I guess you're training with a little more bulk for football, so it might not be fair. Yeah, yeah. right now, I don't know. And he does have like six inches on me. <laughs> that helps too. But you got some hops? Yeah, a little bit. So what's next for you in terms of this final sort of run-up to both drafts in the NFL and CFLs? you have a bunch more interviews and calls to do? Like you said, you're getting your virtual pro day together. Have you been working out in your home to prepare? What does the next month look like for you? Yeah, um, I'm just going to continue to do these calls, do these interviews, uh, continue to work out at home, get the film out to as many as many people as I can. Uh, I, I've been working out with uh, Target Training online. They're, they train a lot of CFL guys here. And uh, they've been sending me workouts, and I do them at home as much as I can. So just it's just a waiting game now, you know, staying in shape, running, running routes, catching the ball as much as I can, and uh, just, just waiting to see where I end up. It sounds like your schedule's been busy, man. So we really appreciate you taking some time to – chop up football and basketball and where you're at with everything obviously related to the next steps in terms of a pro career. So appreciate you jumping on and we're looking forward to see where you end up next in the pro game. No doubt. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.